You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. I am Johnny Christ, and this is Drinks with Johnny. Thanks for checking out the podcast. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Lizzie and RJ Hale of Hailstorm. I've known these guys for whew, a couple of years now, and uh, they're currently working on a new record, so they joined me via Skype. I sent them a couple of bottles, and we just hung out and, and, and had a good time together. Uh, uh, can't wait to have them actually in person on the show. But uh, this was a really good hang. We we hung actually for a little too long. Uh, I'm going to have to parcel this uh, episode out a little bit. We're going to release a second part. We're going to call this Hangovers. And uh, that'll be released on Thursday. And if you go to drinkswithjohnny.com and sign up for the newsletter, uh, that's the Thirsty Thursdays newsletter, you'll be first to hear the hangover portion of this of this uh, episode. Uh, so make sure you head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and sign up for the newsletter. Uh, also, this is going to be on our YouTube channel. So if you haven't already, uh, go head over to Drinks With Johnny YouTube, hit the subscribe button and the bell notification so that you're sure to catch everything that we have from uh, the guys here at uh, Hailstorm. Uh, again, we just had a great time uh, catching up. It's been a minute since I've seen these guys. And, uh, yeah, we shared some wine, uh, from two different parts of the world. So it was, it was a really cool hang. The, they're great people, great, funny stories that we get, that we get into from knowing each other from their first time touring together and, uh, this, the successful career that they've had. And yeah, it's just, again, it's just a really good hang. So, uh, without further ado, I bring you Lizzie and RJ Hale of Hailstorm. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for checking out another episode of Drinks with Johnny. Joined via Skype is RJ and Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm. Thanks for doing the show, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Of yeah. course, cheers. Let's start it off with a with the virtual cheers. There we go. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> on camera. Yeah, yeah. I like I like your logo on your microphone. Thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah, I, I had I had to have that personally made. No, it's a sticker I threw on here. It's pretty <laughs> pretty low tech around here. You guys, speaking of tech, though, it looks like you guys are in your uh, home studio right now. Is that what that is? Yeah, home studio. Yeah. And we try to do some mood lighting. We thought, you know, we're drinking wine, being classy with you. <laughs> Cigar from jazz. From jazz, yeah. I so like we're... that. I like that a lot. So uh, what are you guys up to these days right now? Like, what's? Uh, I, thank you for taking time out of your uh, jury duty, right? Oh, yeah, dude. What the hell? 
I, I, I tried to get out of it, man. They weren't having any of it. No. I even, I even walked in in like full stage garb, you know, like just like heels and like leather and whatever, thinking maybe they'd look at me and say, Hooligan, you're out. Yeah. Um, no, I think it actually worked in my favor because <laughs> I, I, I've been doing it for like three days and it's oh, great. Well, I, yeah. know, I know you can't uh, legally say like much about it. Can you say like it, on what level of, uh, of trial this is that you're involved in? Um, it, I, I <laughs> um, it's, uh, it, it's pretty up there. Okay. Okay, cool. Good to know. Well, I mean, like, anything that's already lasting three days, I'm sure is pretty up there. It's yeah. A, it's a doozy. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it is a doozy. Um, are you, are you, you're not on the jury too, are you RJ? No, thankfully no. I <laughs> kicked out in five seconds. They, yeah. You know what? Honestly, they, you probably wouldn't have made the cut. There was like four rounds of this stuff. Like, and it, hey, where's the criminal? Where's he at? And like, and <laughs> they, here. they select you randomly and then they have to ask you a bunch of questions and they make you be there. Like I, I have to be there at like eight 30 tomorrow oh. morning. Hopefully it's over tomorrow, yeah. but I, I doubt dragging it out. Well, like, let's make sure you're good and hung over. Yeah, yeah. That's what I say. Maybe you'll get kicked off. Right, cheers. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so how's the wine, by the way? You're tasting it now. I really like it. It's good. it's really nice and dry. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Well, it, what, but it does have like an after, yeah. a, a sweetness to it, it. It's it's like, yeah, it's, it's really, like a um, cherry. this is my kind of wine. I'm like not a big fruity red wine kind of guy. So this is like right up my alley. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I, I asked before you guys were going to do the show and wanted to find out. <laughs> so I'm glad we did. I'm glad we had some good tasting for you. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Well, it's 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 red and it and it gets you drunk, so I I don't see how it could you can go wrong. I mean, <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that. So you guys were just out for uh, we're both you you guys were both just out for the uh, the Nam show, right? Like the yeah. in January. Well, you you weren't there. Oh, no, I, I didn't. I, I didn't out, make it this year. I went out with okay. Joe, our guitar player, but um, but yeah, that's a that's crazy. I haven't been to Nam in a couple of years because I did some stuff for Gibson. Um, last year, but they, they skipped NAM last year. They did the like the CES festival, the computer electronics science, oh, wow. which was awesome because the Gibson people were like such the cool kids because like you go in the building and it's like, you know, um, robotic washing machines and like <laughs> all this weird stuff is AI stuff. And, and, uh, and then they gave Gibson like their own like building and there's like a huge stage and that was cool. And, uh, I thought I was going to not have to go to Nam this year and it ended up I had to go to Nam but it was I got you again yeah it was awesome though it's like you know it's kind of like crazy because you know well you you, you know what it's like you know yeah, you go you run to, into, it's fun to run into everybody and hang out and, yeah, uh, we're, we're trading off years because last year I was oh, you, I was you the only there. one that went because I did stuff with Pearl and Vader and all yeah, that nobody so, wanted uh, you yeah, no, this year it was like I took the, I took the year off yeah nice. and and it's, it's good to take the year off <laughs> it was really cool. at one point in time uh, there was a moment that i did the gibson jam thing and they had me up well first of all they they had myself and and our guitar player joe up uh doing one of our songs but with uh, with uh R richie faulkner from priest and um uh chuck garrick from alice cooper and you know oh, and uh, and, and Kenny Arnoff is playing so it was really weird to play your own song with only one other person that that is in your band and nobody this else. sounded so much better. It, it really did. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I got up again and they just got everybody up and I'm like in between, you know, um, uh, Rick Nielsen and Slash and there's Robin Zanders up there and uh, Jared James Nichols and like all these other 
like amazing like players, Billy Gibbs, Billy Gibbons, and we're doing a whole lot of love, which Rad. is which is a one guitar player song, by the way. And there's like nine guitar players up there doing yeah. a whole lot. Of, it was really it was really cool. No, that's it awesome was, though. That's that's kind of that kind of sums up uh, the Nam show though. For anyone who's listening or watching who hasn't had a chance to go out to Southern California to the Nam show, it is a lot of you know they got some all stars running around there, and it's it's a it's a fun vibe. What's that? Did you get out there? Not this year. Not this year. I went. I went last year. Like like you said, it's good to go on off, on off, on off. <laughs> you don't want to go there too often. Yeah, it, it is exhausting after a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we just did that. Um, not, not not as exhausting as ship ride. Yeah, I was gonna say not as. Exhausting oh my as god, ship ride. Um, that's exhausting. Which which is awesome. It's fun. Okay, so you know about these these rock cruises, right? So it's a bunch Absolutely. of Absolutely. And we uh, we opened and headlined, so it was the first day. It was like the send off, awesome. And then like for the next five days, you're just you're stuck in a boat with literally like all of your super fans. fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah super fans. Oh, you know, I've been asking about this. So that I've I've had like a few of the people who've done like these wrestling cruises, these rock and roll cruises, all these things, and I'm like, it's got to be exhausting. You love your fans, and it's the only reason why you're even you know where you're at in your life. But then like now. It, they don't understand that you got to be on at all times with them. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. Well, with us, we just had to plan a good, like, half hour to an hour if you want to do anything. If you want to, like, you know, go to the pool or if you want to, like, if you want to eat, you got to plan because it's, like, every 10 feet. Oh, hey, let's get a picture, which is awesome. It's, it's, it's such a weird balance because, it like, by the end of it, we were completely exhausted. Oh, because yeah. We were just, like, talking for five days straight. And we had two performances. And then, like, but it was fun because you really get to, like, spend time, like, real time with these people. You know, go to eight shows in a row anyway. So, like, you get, you get to, it was kind of like a weird reunion of yeah. all of the, like, diehard fans. But at the same time, it's like, whoosh. When, when it was over, we, like, I slept for, like, two days. Oh, I think. yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. we're still kind of recovering from it. But honestly, like, I, I loved it. Like, I, I, yeah, it I jumped headfirst into it. I, 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 we, we knew exactly what we were getting you into. You signed everybody's door. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. This, you signed everybody's door? I walked up on every single hallway on every single floor. This is a 12-story, well, whatever you call it, ship. And it's, it's a, it was a huge uh, carnival cruise, so it was like every – I'd signed every door that I possibly could with like a little, you know, piece of paper or, you know, they, they decorate the doors. They, they, you know, they go all out, you know. So, uh, yeah, just anything we get involved in, we're like, let's just, let's just do as much as we possibly can. And then when it's done, we'll just sleep for eight days straight. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll for that charity auction. Oh, then I, had, which, I did a charity auction for Kansas Sucks. Cool. We had never yeah. seen RJ be oh, nice. like, you know – near host for anything oh you know like before and um your character was somewhere uh, a mixture of uh steve martin televangelism and bob barker oh, it, was, it, was, it was that's uh, that's great if you can roll that all into one i it sounds like you're a much better host than i am i mean that, that's that's great that's not saying much hey who's 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 that who's that familiar face in the back Oh, <laughs> you know, get some wine, man. Come on in. More Hi, the merrier. Yo. How are you? Uh, I'm, oh, I'm great, man. How are you doing? Are you here for the show or the wine? Just the wine. Both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I'm hoping that's the same wine opener I have because I'm familiar with it, but it also, to some other people, could look like something else. Oh, yeah, okay. That, it's not a dildo. Okay. We're just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we have one of those I'm around sure you here too. Use it like that if you want. <laughs> I mean, 
I would be, that'd be probably pretty interesting. I, I, I know that corkscrew. So it's funny, you guys were saying how like exhausting that, that can be, and, and I'm sure it was like after that many days, which says a lot considering how much you guys fucking tour and like doing that, like how, how often, like, um, I think I should tell the people a little bit about how we all first met, um, was, I don't remember the name of the tour now, but, um, it was like in 2009 or 10, right? It was Uproar. It was uh, Uproar. With you guys disturbed and uh, Stone Sour, hell yeah. That's what it was, yeah. I just remember being backstage the first time when you guys came back and we all met, and that was like, yeah, that was the that was my first introduction to you guys. Yeah, yeah man. man, that was a long time ago. That that's still uh, to this day like is one of the most yeah. fun tours of our, that of was, our career. That yeah. was so much fun because and because we were we were pretty new on the scene. You know, we'd been a band for a while, but we were still promoting our first record. Right, it, it was a long yeah. tour too about it like most of our tours are only maybe max six weeks that was a like a full-on two-month tour so by the end of it we all really got close with everybody yeah and we lost our minds a little bit oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was our first major tour so we're just like whoa yeah we don't you know <laughs> yeah and you guys are really bad influences on that one too oh, yeah. what are you talking about <laughs> i am an angel i invite you onto my show and send you not one but two bottles of wine <laughs> How, whatever do you mean are you calling me a pusher Liz whatever, whatever do you mean one, one for each yeah, exactly <laughs> literally like the wine um, I, I got it literally this morning and, uh, and and I'm like this doesn't seem like it's just one bottle of wine and I'm like I'm like aha yes I, I should have expected that from you. Well, they call them two-bottle Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you guys have one for each, and I have two for myself, so we're, yes, we're, we're, yes, we're yes. settled. <laughs> Before we go any further, I will say I might ask you guys uh, the question a couple of times. Right now I'm having a little bit when um, uh, of an internet issue on whatever's coming through. Okay. If, I, if I repeat myself, that's the reason why. I, I'm not that drunk yet. You're not, yeah, not <laughs> yet. Don't talk about our first time we met. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, remember? 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 That's, that's the whole podcast, actually. That's all, that's all I do here. I just go, you remember the time? And then, uh, and everyone's like, I can't relate to this podcast. <laughs> I'm also curious uh, how long you've been in the podcast world. Like, I just started. I this literally, is, this is like, uh, I'm starting season two, but it, um, it all kind of happened because we were doing extra content for Avenged Sevenfold, YouTube and everything like that. And I was like, okay, let me figure out something, something cool that I can do and just give a little insight to the fans of something that's not all about music, you know? And, yeah. uh, I created the show a little bit. It's completely evolved from where it started and, Someone on the set was like, you know, if we just pull the audio, we can make it a podcast. And then I realized the podcast was way more fun to do because we could get the long form. If I was making videos on YouTube, I was shortening them, and a lot of people were missing content that way. And I was like, you know, screw it. We're going to make it a podcast. We still have the YouTube for people to subscribe to, and we clip out, like, certain snippets that are, you know, exciting and stuff. But, like, it's, it's, much, it's much more enjoyable to sit back with people like you guys that are, you know, interesting, come from, a, like, a great background and, and have, like, a cool story to, to share with everybody. And that's just what we do. We're just going to sit here and chill, have some wine, like we, like we did the first time we were uh, backstage together, and talk right. some shit. <laughs> I, what I love about podcasts, though, is it is just a really relaxed conversation. It's not like listening to an interview. So when people are just like, 
at the grocery store or driving around, they can kind of like phase in, they can phase out, but, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of relaxing, I, I think. I, I'm a fan of podcasts. I listen to a lot of them. So. What, what, what are some of your favorites? Oh, God. Well, I mean, of course, Joe Rogan's got a great one. Yeah. Uh, Shepherds has a good one. Um, gosh, uh, Sam Harris, uh, his podcast is really great. I love the Sam great. Harris one, too. Yeah. yeah. So interesting. That guy's so smart. I, I don't know who hosts it, because um, I, 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 I haven't listened in a while, but um, have you ever listened to to Song Exploder. Oh, Song Exploder. No, I really haven't. Who does that? Do you also, uh, a box I think does Switched on Pop, which is like, yeah. uh, which is like, which is like uh, songwriters and musicologists that break yeah. down like songwriters. There's a lot of music business ones about like uh, you know the future, like the, the new platforms of oh, yeah. you know, promoting or, your music. Uh, oh, How you know. I Built This is a good one. Yeah, too, oh, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. The Song Exploder is really cool because it, it, it goes from everybody from like the, the classic people like classic musicians that like with like or i should say not classic but legendary musicians Uh of new people um and they basically they take a song and they break it down they tell you how they wrote it what happened first and then how they recorded all the sounds and then they play it at the end so you have this whole new perspective of the song when you listen to it again it really really makes you a fan of the song you're like oh my god i love this song now or or totally not or not They were just so pretentious, and they thought that they were like God's gift to the. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like, oh, I hate oh, that, this song. Oh, now. that was that was us. Was that us? Uh, okay, yeah. you guys were on that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, what is it? So let's let's dive into that real quick, though. They can't be the only podcast that gets to talk about that. Let's talk about a little bit of your guys's recording pro- process. Um, okay, we're, we're actually we're we're off tour right now, and we're we're demoing for a record so we're, we're writing right now that's kind of where we're um, at now we're kind of in like yeah. in the basement here old basement studio we got our gear behind us and we're gonna start is jamming this, is this how you guys do every record you get together in in a, like a home studio and kind of jam out parts because everyone as you know if you're a fan of that podcast everybody has a different way of and of course being on the road you learn everyone has a different way of creating music um so what, like what's your guys's process like take me down the take me down the fucking lane I, I feel like every process has changed with every 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 album every album which is like every, pretty much like every milestone of our career you know mm-hmm. the first records were very uh, like we got all the you know, songs like ready and and done yeah. and then we went and recorded them we did it with Howard Benson and like his system is is very, yeah, very systematic you know he's got his process and we kind of just like went, shiny. just went right through the <laughs> mill there and like and it, it, I'm glad we did it because we had no idea what we were doing and it was great to have. <laughs> that like had their their process and their system ready to go so they yeah. just we got the songs written we got them all the parts written we went in we knocked it out recorded it went out mixed it mastered it went on tour you know next album was a little bit more laid back third album was even more laid back yeah, third album was and like then yeah yeah chaos oh, yeah, that, that was oh. a mess but that was, it was a fun mess it was but, a fun mess but, uh, nice. but the last record that we came out with vicious was uh, which we did with nick rescue legs uh, was kind of more back to the the basics of how we used to write in our parents' basement in Pennsylvania. Yeah. We did it in his studio, which is this, which was this cabin in yeah. the woods, uh, in, in uh, outside of Nashville, mm-hmm. and uh, and it, it was great. It was just the four of us in a room together, writing songs from the ground up again. Not yeah. necessarily like taking co-writes or taking other other songs and re and turning them into hailstorm songs. It was yeah. the more organic ground up. Type of and you know, every day we'd come in, and Nick would be like, "Okay, who's got an idea? Who's got something special? Mm-hmm. You know, 
whether that's a riff or a lyric or a melody line or, or a whole song or whatever it is. And so every day, that's just what we would do. And we, we set up like kind of like what we have back here because we have like a kind of a jam spot back there. And, and he would have like, you know, everything there. And we would just start jamming on it. Mm -hmm. um, and wait, it's funny because we ended up getting our first single from that very first week. Yeah. Um, and, right. and and for us, yeah, it was just like this instrumental that we really liked the riff, and so we just kind of did that. Was the, which was the first song on that? Uh, uh, Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable, okay. And uh, and then I took it home and kind of got in my in my booth here and, and just kind of wrote the rest of it as far as lyrically and vocally. But um, I don't know. It was, it was a lot yeah. of fun. We're planning on doing that again, but it's going to be a little different this time because we're going to kind of start with just the four of us without Nick in the room, and then he's going to kind of... Like every now and then, like we're we're good friends with it now. So every now and then he's gonna just like kind of, hey, what do you got? He'll pop in. Yeah, he'll yeah. pop in. And you guys now, you guys now have that rapport with each other, that trust where you're like, you know, you've already done it together. You're like, well, you know, he's 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 like, they're gonna do their thing, and then, and they're gonna bring it to me, and then we're gonna work together on it, kind of vibe. It, and it's good to have somebody like I don't think we could ever really self-produce we probably could eventually maybe we i, I shouldn't I, say never i think that we but i think that if if we're given all the time and all the resources in the world we'll just keep we going. would never the record would never be done we yeah. need someone yeah. has yeah. kind of an idea absolutely yeah. that's that's been us too. we've self-produced and stuff like that but it, you've we've learned that it, it is great to have like that well for us that sixth member that's around that can uh kind of help with the process and keep you focused i guess in a way yeah, and also just like you know, and I, I don't know about you, but like I know with me, sometimes I can think something is terrible, and and everybody will be like, no, I love it, or yeah. I'll think something is great, and then it like it never comes to fruition, and and so I I love I love the fact that there is a definitive, almost voice. voice of God, you know, that, yeah, that's like that's good, that's not I have a history, you know. I think that's a common denominator in most bands. And, you know, artists have different ways, but if you're in a band and you're writing together, there is that feeling of when you, you're bringing something that you've got to, by yourself and you're, like you said, you're either super stoked on it and someone's like, eh, and you're like, oh, back to the giant board. Yeah. <laughs> or, or sometimes, like, you'll just be jamming in the corner and I'm sure RJ will hear something and just be like, we got to do something with that kind of yeah. vibe. Well, that happened actually on the last record. I wrote this song called "Do Not Disturb," and uh, and it was just this like kind of synthy, like I, I, you know, like pop song that wasn't even wasn't meant for Hailstorm. I showed it to RJ and Josh, um, our bass player Josh, and um, and uh, and I'm like, what? you know, hey, this is funny. Here we go. And Josh is like, oh no, we have to put that on the record. I'm like, no, no, no. No, we don't. We don't. And he's like, yeah, that part can be like a joke and play that on guitar. We can do this. And like he's, he like came up with a bass line like that day for it. I'm like, shit, okay, fine. I guess we're doing that. Wait, what, song, what song did that turn into? Uh, that turned into, uh, it, it was, yeah, the original uh, Do Not Disturb is, right. was that song. So our, our second single. Our yeah. second single, which is, again, like I yeah. said, I know nothing apparently, you know, because oh, yeah. I didn't think that was going to be any, and then it ended up as a second single. Like, no, I, know nothing. I mean, kind of out of desperation, like when we're writing or traveling, you know, it's just so convenient to use Logic or Ableton or, or and use the, you know, the, the instruments in the box, oh, you yeah. know, because you have <laughs> no fun. way of tracking anything. So 
a lot of times it'll come off sounding electronic or pop or or it won't sound like a rock song. Get, but then you just, if you have an imagination, you're like, oh, let's just add some crunchy guitars and a solo and voila, you know, oh, here it is. Absolutely. You know? We slowed you, down. The you got to be able to hear bit. whether there's a good song in there somewhere. You know? Yeah, we, we slowed down the tempo quite a bit, so it was like trudgier too. And I don't know. It was. It, it, it's interesting. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little, a little taste of it, right down to the shaking microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not so grown-up things like hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers, think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind podcast. But, um, but you know, like, I have, I have no problem, like, drafting and redrafting. I don't know about, about you guys, but, like, yeah. we're, like, never precious with anything. It's like, you, you know when it's, when it's right. I think that comes with time. Like, you guys have been writing for a long time, too. I think, that, I think that's something that just comes with time. Like, when you're... Writing in, you know, middle school, you're a teenager, everything was so precious. And then, like, after you start to learn, we have checks and balances in the songwriting where it's like, oh, that, that's great, but is it up here? And I think, I think one of the famous uh, stories of that is if you go back to Queen with I'm in love with my car and, um, huh? you know, and, 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 and uh, yeah, <laughs> and it, that one ended up making it, but everyone, everyone else in Queen was poo-pooing it. Yeah. <laughs> you guys know that story, right? Hey, I'm in love with my car, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that I think that kind of stuff happens all the time. You you bring something in, and you know you got to be you got to have thick skin as a songwriter. I'm gonna take you one step further. I'm in love with a lime scooter. <laughs> what the fuck is a lime she scooter? Got, she gets around. Well, you don't know about lime scooters? We're we're in Nashville, and there okay. are these scooters <laughs> everywhere. It's basically it's like an app. And it's, it's, yeah, like Uber for scooters. Like, yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay, I didn't know that they were. I, I think they're called something different out here. We use a different app out here in the West Coast. Uh, Birds, line, yeah, they're they're all. I, I do see them in LA uh, quite a bit now. But, <laughs> but you, but you, you're you don't live in LA though. Are you are you like outside of LA or are you in Orange? Yeah, no, we're south of LA. In uh, it's Orange County. Huntington Beach is the city. It's right, right oh, on yeah. the beach. Yeah. Have you guys ever made it out there before? You know, I, I don't ever get to make it out there uh, enough. I, I got a, a place up in Woodland Hills, like up in like the West Valley area in L.A. But uh, it's so nice down there. I do love it down there. Well, when, you're, when you come back down, all of you guys, make sure if we're home in Huntington, hit me up. We'll go, we'll go cruise around the beach and have some fun. You know, maybe drink some more wine in person. As, as as I'll, I'll bring the wine next time. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've already topped it out. Oh, yeah. I I feel we're getting more talkative. I'm, as we get. I'm, I'm also that's the part of the show you got to have a you got to have an icebreaker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm also curious where we are right now. Like, is is this your 
little creative studio that we're yeah, in right is, now. Yeah, this is it. This, I don't do any like real recording here. I'll do demoing here and obviously the podcast here. I'll edit and do all those kind of things. Like right now you guys are on my, uh, there's about a 50-inch screen. And I got my Genelec speakers, a keyboard, and everything, my rack of basses behind me, and some That's guitars over here. Uh, Arsenal you've got behind yeah, you. There's also, I think you forgot about like your buddy back there needs oh, a burger. Friend. There. <laughs> <laughs> he 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 was actually fat when this podcast started, and then yeah, yeah. A little, how a long little, have we been talking? A little longer. <laughs> Does he have a name? He he. You want to give him a name, Lizzie? He doesn't have a name. He's just been hanging back there on the three. What's up, dead? <laughs> he, he, he's what? Dead. Dead. dead yeah, he's just dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that the sixth member of Avenged Sevenfold right there? That that's that's the guy. Oh, yeah, funny, yes. funny enough, I had uh, Joe Escalante of the Vandals on, and we were. I had him sitting up at the drum kit that's back here before. It's just an electric kit that I have to like demo stuff out. And I had him set up. He's like, "This guy is looking more and more like Josh Freeze." We were drinking a bunch of a bunch of wine. His drummer. <laughs> Oh, also, I want what you were drinking. Also, <laughs> Shannon Larkin, that man is a walking skeleton. He looks just <laughs> actually, yeah. We, we were we were out with those guys, uh, man. Oh, Godsmack, yeah. Ago. Do you know those guys at all? Uh, we've we've done some shows with them. I haven't really had the pleasure. I think we've uh, we've passed by she, and said hello. Shannon's oh, God, yeah. Shannon's a sweetheart. He like he got me a leather jacket. And because because like we were like leather jacket buddies on the tour because he always was wearing one and so was I and and all of a sudden like the last day of tour like Shannon's like here I got you a red one I'm like oh that's so sweet. he got all you guys leather jackets and he right. got me this crazy floral loud like grandpa shot the couch jacket that I love yeah. I was gonna say wait a minute but that sounds like you RJ <laughs> I, I think he nailed it. On highlighter pink right now. Oh, I forget. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to blend in, really. Yeah. What's yeah. really but, funny is that's the most normal jacket I think I've ever seen you wear. Oh, I, I know. I know. I've got my eyes on the one you're wearing. I like that. <laughs> hey, no problem, man. You know, funny story about that. That's actually a jumpsuit that my wife uh, ordered, and she ordered it in the wrong size. She said it's too big, and then she said, "Do you want it?" And I said, "Oh yeah." Oh yeah. So I have the jumpsuit ready for this too. Was the tour that you guys did where you had the guy drop from the the scaffolding and like hang himself or whatever? Oh, yeah, that's right. That yeah, was, that was the entire nightmare cycle. So that was when you when we met you guys too. So yeah. we had that out on uproar as well, and then we continued it through the thing. Okay. Cool. I was I was thinking like the first time I saw that I really did think something was wrong, and then as it went on, I'm like, okay, somebody would have like stopped the show by now, you know. It was so <laughs> Rick. Oh, it's really was speaking awesome. of which, Big T says hi. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love Big T. Big T is our He's boy. We love him. We, he, oh, okay. he was so good on the boat, He too. was on the boat with us, right? And that man needs raise. Yeah, yeah. Holy crap. For you listening at home, Big T is exactly yeah. what he sounds like. He's a gigantic six foot seven or six foot seven security guy. Yes. And but he is a, a, he, he is a human squished. teddy bear. Yes. yes. <laughs> we sure. Yeah, we share very similar experiences with him. He, yeah. Take him out to Brazil. He'll, he he should earn some more money there too. You guys travel in Brazil a lot. We we we, ha we have been uh, many times, and it's it's I a think whole like two or three times. It's a whole yeah. other pandemonium there, as you know. Mm -hmm. So the first time we were ever in Brazil was in two thousand. Uh, oh gosh. Thirteen with with remember adrenaline we had, mob. We had adrenaline mob up and up first, right? Yeah, yeah. So so here's the thing: we didn't have any security at that point um, because we didn't think we needed it. Whatever, we've never been there, <laughs> right? Had no idea. 
Nobody warned us. And well, um, you, did, you didn't, did you not know us before? You could have asked. <laughs> no, but, no, like we, we, I, we, we could have asked anybody. We got this. Um, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. And, and they, the promoter had assigned us three security guys. So to just like go with us, uh, like to the hotel, to the venue, whatever. And I remember telling the guys, the security guys, cause like, I don't know, I like getting to know them. And, and I'm like, Hey dudes, like the, Nobody knows who we are. Like, the jig is up. It's, like, way overboard. Like, we don't even have a security guy in the States. Like, nobody cares. And, oh, my gosh. So, we got to the venue in a van. And, like, it was, like, Beatlemania, man. It's, like, we didn't think anybody would know who we are, right? So, we come up in the van. And everybody on the side of the van is, like, like, just beating on the van. We try to open the door. We can't open the door. We finally get the door open. And... I, I walk out and they're trying, they're taking my jacket and they're like pulling whatever. And so these security guys hold me up by my elbows and I'm like, see you later. <laughs> like, just like carry me into the venue. Like what the fuck was that? Right. Um, and then they're camping out in the hotel room. And, and I want to tell you this beautiful thing that happened. Right. So yeah. we, this was in uh, Sao Paulo, mm-hmm. Brazil. It's beautiful theater. We were playing first time ever. And, uh, and, these people took it upon themselves to be a part of the show. So when we played a song of ours called Freak Like Me, everybody held up a flag that said freak. And then right. when we... Uh, here's to us, they, they, they somehow hid balloons. I don't know how they hid balloons. I don't know how they they all had balloons. them in backpacks or something. Well, and they I have, balloons I have an there. idea of how they could have smuggled those balloons. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> all right, Jay, this is a PG show. No, it's not. Oh, sorry, this is the... <laughs> This is definitely not a PG show. I'm fucking with you. Yeah. Uh, but yes, balloons, were, they, they and, did. And then for, what was the for, O thing? Oh, for uh, I Missed the Misery, they held up a bunch of signs that said O, O, H. For the O, there's, there's, there's a wall like part. It goes, oh, oh, oh. oh yeah. I was like, yes, they're, they're very interactive. But it was such a beautiful thing because I'm like, it was like a show for us. And it was like this they crazy like us. situation of appreciation. And, and I, I'll never forget it. Yeah, you know? yeah. They, I, we've. If, if you're a band that needs ego stroking, just go to sell. It's it like, doesn't matter. It's like Beatlemania. You will come back with NPD. It's <laughs> What's NPD? I'm uh, narcissistic personality. Oh, okay. You will think you are the shit. First of all, I want, I want to ask which band out there doesn't need their ego stroking just a little bit. That's true. That's true. <laughs> does. Every now and then. Radiohead? I don't know. <laughs> no, but I mean, I just, I just mean like we all got into this uh, music. It's not like we were, we were always the most confident people growing up. I'm sure, you know. I don't know, but maybe you were RJ. I mean, you, yeah. oh, oh, oh. RJ was born camera. Ready. No, no. <laughs> was, oh, you were. Okay, so first of all, first of all, so like I remember vividly my little brother being like eight years old, right? And we'd go into a grocery store at any point in time, and you know they had the surveillance, like, oh, like, yeah video right when you walk in the door with the mirror lose him in the store and he would be just like hey i can see myself on camera is it like i just throw myself down the stairs where people would come over just like ah, uh, just, really just to make them laugh <laughs> I don't i'm still you, recovering you, from that you, yeah. you did fall down the stairs twice when you were like four yeah yeah which explains so I think much those were those i was times. gonna say that sounds like the explanation for everything oh, explains so much that's yeah, funny though. I, I I'm a, I'm a like-minded akin to you, RJ. Like I I definitely remember those cameras. Uh, my mother was 
an aerobics teacher, and sometimes I would be sick, so she couldn't send me to school, but she wasn't going to miss teaching the aerobics, so she sent me in the corner. And, you know, anybody who's been in an aerobics gym, which, of course, everyone has. Everyone. <laughs> they got these mirrors everywhere. And My mom was obsessed with that, too. It's like, they're, they're oh, back in those that. days, yeah. I remember that. Spandex. Spandex, yeah. And they have, <laughs> these, they have these mirrors everywhere, and they're playing, you know, upbeat music to get you going. There's a lot of Michael Jackson and stuff playing. Of course, Gloria <laughs> Stefan was, was my jam. I'd be in the corner there dancing, and all the ladies in the aerobics class would have, like stop, and I wouldn't even realize it, that they were watching me like dance in the corner in front of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> we're all just trying to belong. Yeah, yeah. you know? <laughs> I think that's why we get it. So you guys actually, did you guys come from a music family? Obviously, the two of you, but was uh, the mother and father as well? Uh, well, no. Our dad was a bass player uh, back, at, like back at the, like he like bands that you'd never hear of. He was, I think, the one band that he was with the longest was called Hyper. And there were some, there was somewhere where like Kiss meets the Doors, psychedelic. But yeah, but get this. Know. So like my dad, my dad's drug advice when we were like teenagers, like okay, kids, don't do drugs. But if you're gonna do drugs, <laughs> I love it. This is going already. Make sure each member of your band does the same drug. This is first-hand experience because, knowledge. Because yeah. he believes he <laughs> believes that they never made it because, like, the keyboard player was on uppers and the, you know, and the drummer was on downers and whatever. And that, that's what he, he said. The reason the band really broke up was because of a tape delay pedal. They just <laughs> get, they couldn't get the delay to be the the Which perfect I tempo of the song. Like, ah, we're breaking up. Yeah, I, I, I like that story, RJ, but I'm going to go with the other one because <laughs> I. <laughs> that was his way of cleaning up for us when we were kids. Like, oh, it was the tape delay. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it came, the drug thing came later. Yeah, whatever, Dad. But, um, <laughs> you know, just, you know parents, yeah, yeah. They, they do their thing. Um, but no, my dad's hilarious, and he's come into his own in his old age now. Now it's like like shock white hair. He paints his toenails black. He's like the whole, he's always been yeah. weird. And I think that we can trace back now, like our ownership of our weird yeah. back to dad, because it was always that example. And I remember um, like being a kid, right? So, so the, the day I found out that I was not cool um, or the shit. <laughs> a lot of people not, listening are like, wait, that day happened? <laughs> I found I was not cool and not like the other girls was we moved in, um, Man, it's like 96. We moved into a 20-acre farm. Our parents were weird. Like, we were born outside of Philly. They did up the house. My dad was, like, mechanic, carpenter dude, right? And, um, like, third shift mechanic, whatever. And um, and he, they fixed up the house. They sold it. Then we moved to a log cabin in the woods for, like, two years. My dad fixed it up. He sold it. Then we moved to a 20-acre farm. They had, like, these little mid tiny midlife crises, you know, like we're going to do this. We're going to do that. So uh, we spent most of our young this adult will life. This will save everything. <laughs> spend, yeah, this will save us. And then income you too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but so we moved to this 20 acre farm, like fully immersed. We spent most of our young adult life there, but moved in this, this farm. I didn't, I didn't know anybody. There was like surrounding neighbors. So the surrounding neighborhood girls, I was 11. Um, they invited, me to a sleepover right so but they also said you know hey bring your favorite cds because we're gonna like listen to each other's music and whatever so granted this is 96 you can probably see where this is going oh yeah um, i love it when tlc and like there was like uh voice men backstreet boys there's a, a bunch of like I don't know, stuff I wasn't on the radio 
<laughs> You're totally. <laughs> now don't start. Don't start talking about fucking ages over there, man. Like I, I, I am. Yeah, you know, respect your elders. All right. Oh, I respect your elders. <laughs> I'm respecting you. Um, but so um, I, I brought. Um, Whatever, fuck you, Dad. I brought <laughs> uh, Alice Cooper's Love It to Death and Ronnie James Dio's Holy Diver to this sleepover when I was 11 because that's what I was listening to. I was listening to Dad's music. So it was like a lot of 70s and a lot of 80s. Awesome. You know, those girls looked at me like I was from another planet. And, uh, you know, it was, we didn't even make it. The first CD I put in was Alice Cooper. We didn't even make it past the first course. They're like, why do you like this? And I remember thinking, well, why don't you like this? You know, but I didn't understand that at the time. So I got, I came home and dad had just kind of come in from his ship. The, the, he, he was a third ship mechanic. So he came, he would always come home like early in the morning. So I came home next morning from the uh, sleepover and I'm like, you know, like, Hey dad, you know, he's like, Oh, how's sleepover? I'm like, it was fun, but they didn't like my music. And he's like, that's good. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Why is that good, Dad? My life is over. You know, I'll never have any friends. They all think I'm weird. Um, and he's like, well, girls are so mean. The girls are. <laughs> um, they're worse. Girls will shit on your heart. You know, wait, 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 wait. I, I believe there's a name for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to say what the name is, nor do I expect anyone. Doing it at drinks with Johnny it's, after it's, hours. It's actually, it is, it, if you look up, if you look up the term, in Swedish, for the corner of a table, that's what they are. <laughs> are learning things. It starts with a C. This is what the <laughs> show is, everybody. We are educating the kids. That's that's what we're trying to do here. That, that is actually a, a true story. In Swedish, cunt actually is the corner of a table. Ooh. So, so, so if you like stub your like leg on the corner of a table, you're like. Oh, cunt. <laughs> I'm sure that's how the, I'm sure that's how we got it from English. They probably had it like way before. They're like, that's a great word. We'll take anything, really. But, uh, <laughs> but, no, but like, Dad was like, "Good man." It's like because those girls liked all of those that music because somebody you know at their school said it was cool. They're t- being told on the radio that this is what's popular. They want to fit in, but always stand out and always be proud to just love the music that you love just because you love it even if nobody thinks it's cool i'm like well and so at the time I'm like whatever dad but now i can really trace back that like that again like i said pride of being different back to those moments and uh it really it had a lot to do with dad but um anyway to to answer the long story short we really digressed there but so dad was a bass player mom wanted to be a guitar player but her parents said no so when we got to jamming together and decided to start a band they were like all right what can we do That's almost like a validation like hey it wasn't like, a, be like okay whatever parents. like yeah. if it doesn't work out in a couple of years make sure you uh you know get your degree and all that like that no they were the like they were like uh, how can we help that's you know? rad it's kind of cool that's my i mean i think that's more than cool i think that's great like i you, you don't get that all the time. I'm, in doing this show, everyone has a different walk of life, right? And a lot of people are sitting there saying they were still struggling. They 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 had to, and and not just in music, they had to abandon their their family values in order to yep. succeed. And it wasn't until they succeeded, unfortunately, that the families came back. Yeah. No, I, I, um, I see that happen to so many people where they don't really have that that uh, parental support. It's just like, and uh, I think if we didn't have that, we probably wouldn't have started. It's, because uh, we love uh, our parents. Unfortunately, and, I think that's just so important for so many. Like, I, I, I'm curious about your upbringing. Were, were your parents like that? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, my parents were always very, uh, very supportive. Music was like always, you know, big. My mom more so than my dad because when it came time that I was getting in trouble as a teen and everything, my dad was like, all right, we're shipping you off to military school or something like that. And today, wow. to this day, he says, I'm so glad that your mom and you talked me out of that because she just kept saying, no, he's really into music and we just, we'll, we'll work this part of it out. And um, that part was never actually worked out, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did. worked out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> those things worked out, but I'm just talking about that small part of getting in trouble. Um, uh, of course, yeah. <laughs> but no, no, I, they were both supportive um, to this day. You know, my dad still comes out. Literally, he lives in Ohio and Cleveland, Ohio, and I shit you not, if he can drive to any one of our shows within eight hours, he'll do it and oh, just yeah. follow the bus. And I'm like, Dad, why don't you just fly out and like sleep on the bus? He's like, no, I want to drive. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> our, our dad's the same way. He loves to ride his motorcycle. So he'll, anytime we're like within like a day, a day's drive from uh, Tampa, Florida, which is where he lives, then he'll take the bike out. That's rad. We went out um, uh, a couple years ago, uh, 2015. Uh, with Eric Church, this country guy. Oh, so, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, so he, <laughs> he requested us as a tool because he wanted to get a more rock audience. Rad. So so he came in our dressing room, like, first day, and he's like, I don't want you to do ballads. I don't want you to cater to the audience. Nothing twangy. You're here to rock. And uh, so just come out swinging. That's all I ask of you. And I'm like, okay, fucking A. But it was the same thing. You have to prove yourself every single night because it was us, and then there was Dwight Yoakam and Eric Church. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's like a lot of hats. A so, lot of That's so hats. rad, though. I feel like the Eric Church crowd was a little bit more hip to kind of like, yeah. you know, they, they were digging us a little bit, They were, but the Dwight Yoakam crowd it was, you could kind of see in the crowd, in the audience, like who the Dwight Yoakam fans were. What Remember they the side. The flannels, the hats, the nudie jackets. Of yeah. The yeah. Like, totally our our booking around. agent sent us a couple letters that he had gotten from the promoter because they thought it was hilarious uh, on this uh, a couple of promoters. Um, they were getting letters of, uh, of, of, of disdain and disgust because I was saying curse words and it was supposed to be a family <laughs> show. <laughs> and, uh, and it was the best still have some of them just be like yeah i'm so proud um but it was like it was a really strange situation to be in um but also they had these whiskey stations so they had like bars everywhere like well, their the own tour, bars the tour sponsored by yeah tour sponsored by jack Daniels. so so we had a lot of whiskey but like there would be like the monitor station that's a bar and then the bank station there's a bar front of house front of house so you're telling me i got into the wrong genre that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> no, dude, he had a dude. Big, the, giant, I'm sorry, but uh, sorry. the rock tours compared to the country tours, more rock and roll. We we have more we have no clue how to party. No, those apparently. guys party so hard. Well, they only play three shows a week. They they fly That's in for true. the weekends and then they fly back. You know, they so, have the yeah. week. Yeah, the, the weekend the, warrior, whatever that yeah. is. But, so uh, while we're on tour with them, like they're they. We were doing. We did the Eric Church shows. It's like Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Saturday, and then for the rest of the week, we would go off and do headline shows in between. You know, so uh, they had no problem recovering for a couple of days, but we had to still keep up, keep on working. Yeah, so, that's true. But you don't want to say no to them. They're like, "Hey, what's up, man? Let's go do a shot." 
And you're like, okay. And you know, so you do. What you're saying, RJ, is you 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 succumb to pure pressure. Yeah, oh, I, I guess. Crumble. I crumble, crumble like a pastry. Yes. Is that is that how I got you on the show? You can be honest. It's how you ended up on the show. <laughs> so they got me to be a. That's uh, why he's auctioneer. here. <laughs> he's here right now because he wasn't going to be here. But I'm like, do you want to like hang out with Johnny and drink? He's and like, I was like, hell no. Well, there's all well, there's alcohol. Well, I, should, well. I should totally. <laughs> <say>. <laughs> so you guys, you guys really dug the country crowd. That's what you're saying. They had a lot. Of, do you guys, do you guys both really like whiskey too, though? Um. Not so much as I used to. Uh, yeah. I, I do it. I do it occasionally, but whiskey is kind of strange for me. Um, the problem is that I whiskey gets whiskey. along with us too well. Well, and, I I uh, drink whiskey like yeah. I drink wine, and that just gets you exponentially more drunk. So did I say exponentially? <laughs> right? You said it. You said it right. Is it, is it happening now? Am just I say, say it a couple more times. I'm gonna edit it later. I'll throw it on there. Right. Exponentially. The only liquor that I will do... Okay, I, it's now going to be exponentially. That's, that's what oh, exponentially. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll buy that for a dollar, Bob. One dollar, Bob. Thank you. One dollar. <laughs> one, one rabbit. I want to ask another thing that I... So we, I haven't done a country tour yet, um, but I also haven't been to the Grammys yet. And you guys have been a few times now, right? Uh, twice, twice now. Yeah, yeah. Twice now, okay. Uh, what... What is that? I, I hear mixed things. Actually, not so much mixed, but I'll be nice and say I've heard mixed things about the entire day of it. Um, what, what has your guys' experience have been? Um, it's good and bad because in our genre, it's widely underrepresented. And also, um, there is not enough categories. There's no hard rock category. Um, metal only has one. It's like metal perform. No, it's two. Uh, metal performance and metal album. Mm-hmm. And then rock gets lumped in with everything. So basically, all of rock is, it's the avant-garde, and it's the alternative. And it's uh, there's it, you can't just lump everything in. You have to yeah. separate it if you're actually going to uh, um, make everything legitimate. And so, so um, I've taken upon myself to get involved in the, excuse me, in the, in the, in the, in the Grammys. Wine in your throat? You're getting me drunk. <laughs> I'm so I, uh, I'm so proud, but just wish it was actually it was in person. We're gonna have to have you back on the show so we do that. Um, I hope that your bed is only like 15, 20 feet uh, away. Right? I, I, I got the couch there if I don't make it downstairs. With, with dead Fred over there. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, so so there's that element of it. Yeah, and, yeah. and I ended up um, I ended up presenting in the pretell, okay. which if you watch the pretell. Um, for those of you listening, um, it's the most fulfilling thing ever because it's not the pop artists, it's not the popular people that you've heard on the radio, it's the people that have been working their ass off for years to try to make these pieces of music and and um, oh yeah, it if was you so want to see like if you want to see raw emotion, that's like yeah, it was it that's was, the genuinely shocked. It was fulfilling to um, I I I was uh, presenting uh, the the Latin American and uh, and children's categories. And the most amazing thing, so basically what happens is that you go to the Grammys and there's a bunch of parties that you're invited to, um, including like, you know, your own from your label and everything, but there's a nominations dinner that you go and they give you a medal because we're all five. 
you know, <laughs> special medal. Um, they give you a medal, and you are uh, you you wear it the whole night, and you you mingle with the people that are also nominated. Okay. And uh, so I basically I went around to everybody like, what category? What category? Because I might be presenting you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And literally, two of the people that I had met actually won a Grammy the next day, and I got to present to them. I'm sorry, three three of the people that I met. Um, and I got to present to them this Grammy and you see it in their face because it's something they had been dreaming of since they were kids and they've been working so hard. They don't get the credit for it. They, these are not the Katy Perry's of the world. Yeah. These are not the, the, you know, and I love Billie Eilish, but there's not the Billie Eilish of the world. These aren't these shooting stars. They are the people that have been grinding forever. And that's where our categories are. That's where metal is. That's where rock is. That's where used to be hard rock. And, uh, um, so I have this mixed situation because I feel like it's important for people to be recognized amongst our peers, but I think that the overall system needs to change. They maybe need to take out, um, there's a liner notes, Grammy. Did mm. you know that? I did not. There's, you can vote for the best liner notes. And <laughs> no cares about I'm sure there's some whoa whoa there's people there's someone who cares about that I guarantee you there's there's a percentage of about people who care about anything believe it or not there's a small believe it or not there's a small percentage of people that care about my podcast (laughs) I mean honestly if I had known that we would be more creative with our liner notes yeah right yeah fuck everybody I'll tell you one thing I'll, I'll do that next round. I'll tell you one thing. Fuck everybody. I'll tell you one thing the Grammys <laughs> is really missing, though, and that is some avenged goddamn sevenfold, motherfuckers. Yeah! You well, guys would fucking slay. And, well, if, and if, if I could think of any band yeah. that has earned that that uh, Medal of Honor uh, for, for metal bands, literally uh, the metal of honor, <laughs> and you guys, especially in our generation, like you guys are, uh, you, uh, we're so, you guys it's are true. so it's inspirational. So many bands out there. Well, you know? you've always your northern star and i think that that's so important for bands to understand it's like there's so many bands right now that that are popular or not or whatever and and we've toured with a lot of them that chase the paycheck and they chase radio and they chase popularity and to the point that you don't even know what kind of band they are anymore because like what what are you are you like a soccer mom band are you an actual rock band what are you doing and you guys have always stayed true to whatever it is that you get excited about. And that's all we've ever done. And we relate so hard to you guys. And we've been rooting for you forever because I think that more musicians need to see that the passion for what you do, that that, that still is, I keep saying Northern Star, but that still is that, that direction Absolutely. that you need to follow. You know, and it's, it's so important. Because as soon as you lose that, you lose everything. And it doesn't matter if you get popular because you sold out. Or it doesn't matter that you got popular because you chased the radio. Because you're still not going to fill that hole inside. And and even if nothing happens, even if Avenged, if, even if you guys never get nominated for Grammy, even if you guys never win, whatever the, whatever the standards are, you guys will always be in, in our mind and our hearts like that pivotal band that has always stayed true to whatever it is that you get excited about and you're passionate about. And I think that's so important, you know, oh, for you guys. Thank you so much. Hey, man. Sorry. Yeah, that was awesome. That's cheers. That, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I really appreciate you saying that, and, and it is true. We 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 have always gone our our own path and everything like that. So it's not like when I ask about the Grammys, I'm not like, oh, they haven't invited me. We we got like the participation medal. I think I have one right here. Yeah, just for being nominated. But we, I actually haven't physically gone. So it, it was like, I it it's. I hope one day we'll get nominated for, or we guess we get nominated already. But I hope we like win one someday. I guess, but um, it's and not. Can't. It's never been important. No, no, you, you're exactly it, right. And that, yeah, honestly, like the last time we went, and that was kind of like what I mean. You know, say what you want about Drake. I, I really liked his speech where he said, "Like this thing's great. It's amazing. Trust me." But if you're out there and you're playing to your fans and you're doing well and you're, you're doing and you're, it, you're working and you're doing it and, and you're you're doing it, uh, doing what you love, uh, you you don't need this thing. You already got it. Yeah. You know? We have it. Yeah. And and it's funny too because like for us, it's the same thing. That was never a goal, but it was a joke actually. Like like once since we were like in middle school, you know, it's like, oh well when we win a grant whatever. Yeah. So when it happened, we understood that you know, and we were, it, it was a weird category because they had done hard rock slash metal performance, right? So we were up against Lamb of God, uh, It was Lamb of God, Iron Anthrax, Maiden. Um, uh, Maiden, Iron Maiden, Marilyn Manson, right? Yeah, yeah, right? Uh, um, and so yeah, it was one of those, uh, those situations where you are looking at this list and you're like, well, if these people didn't exist, and specifically, actually, Anthrax and Lamb of God, um, the song that was nominated for the Grammy that we were we were up for, that we won for, um, was, di- was directly inspired by those two bands. So That's it was such cool. a mindfuck, right? So, so I, I, um, a week after we won the Grammy, I got on um, uh, uh, that metal show. Uh, yeah, with, uh, love that show, Trump. Eddie Trunk, yeah. Happened yeah. to have, <laughs> you know, the guitar player and uh, from, from Lamb of God and the bass player from... From Anthrax, and nice. we were we were the first question I got asked was, "Why did you take our Grammy?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's pretty. I mean, everyone's having fun with it, though. That's great. I looked at all of them. And it's like I'm like actually, if it wasn't for the two of you, our song "Love Bites" would have not been created, and therefore would have not won a Grammy. So thank you so much for I love- that. I love that some other people have probably heard that story before, um, but you're confirming that it, it was it was it was legitimate. It wasn't just like you weren't just saying that to be nice while you're like up there or anything oh. like that. Not that you ever would or anything like that, but you know what I mean. When we were well, when we were thinking about tempo for Love Bites, we were thinking about Anthrax, and then and then we farmed out so that we had this one riff, right? And so we were we were watching. Oh, and uh, Joe was listening to a lot of Lamb of God. Yeah, a lot of Lamb of God. He was. Well, we watched that one. Uh, there was a and, video you know. to dig deeper. There was a video uh, from from uh, the the two guitar players from from Lamb of God, and their name is escaping. Me William right now. And Mark. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Um, and they were, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddies. Um, no, we got to play so with talented, them in Germany. But oh they, man, but they they were. Explaining how they farm out riffs, and basically that was the term that they used was farming out. As in, we come up with this one riff, and then we tear it apart and put the pieces back together again in a way that's pleasing to our ears. And so we literally did that as an exercise with the riff for Love Bites. So uh, for Love Bites, so do I. That's super interesting exercise. I hadn't heard that heard of that one before. 
we had never heard about it either. So, like, literally, I'm like, I'm, I'm literally, I'm like this because I, the first time I was ever on that metal show was uh, via video. Next time I, I was on, like, the actual thing, and now it's gone, and I'm kind of like, because it was like Wayne's World, but real. It's gone, and and then now you had to settle for drinks with Johnny, and then, you know, I get it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, it's interesting how those things get passed down. I I keep saying, like, all of these situations, it's like passing the scores. Nobody's in competition with each other. Yeah. It's it's just we we are influenced by what gets us excited and what moves us. And there are bands that move us and there are bands that don't. And there are some bands that you're like, I never want to be that guy, you know? And that's, that's what it is. I, I think the important thing though, especially with the Grammys and with the, the rock world and the heavier music genre world is that like, uh, it, it, it really is this, uh, this community of like wanting to help each other out. You know, it's true. we, we kind of feel like we're the underdog here. So it's like, well, we're always, why, gonna are, why are we going to fight or be in? Yeah. So, why are you going to be in competition about with other people? Here. Yeah, I gotcha. There's an amazing um, uh, rock and metal community in Nashville, and I know that Nashville is known for their country thing, and that's on the surface. But everybody in the rock community, they promote each other's shows. They they come out and see each other's shows. They tell all their fans to come out and see their buddies' shows. It it that's something that we never saw in Pennsylvania. We grew up in Pennsylvania, and it was like it, they eat their young, like as in like literally. I remember this one time. So we, we got involved with this producer in Philadelphia um, who let us use his studio to like record. And this metal band that will name was still working right now. And I don't want to like call him out, but it, but they, they approached <laughs> no, me. No, no, like, go ahead. Call him out. Why not? <laughs> um, well, yeah, it doesn't matter now because they, they don't care about me, but, um, but they, they, they approached me and they're like, well, why didn't you take us with you? And this, then the same thing happened, like, when we got signed. Oh, why didn't you take us with you? I'm like, well, it's not a two-for-one deal. It's like, that's not, ha- like, I can't be like, well, I'm not going to sign with you unless you sign so-and-so, every, too. Every other band and something. It's band. like, what's going on? I'm not here that's to also a, scene. It's also a tough scene. Right? I think that it was Philly, I think Philadelphia especially was, like, a really happening music scene for a while. But yeah, it's, uh, it's but it was really struggling at, at that time. And, and the reason that we got signed is because we, luckily, our producers started booking us in New York. And we started doing showcases up there, and okay. for months Let, we were let's, doing showcases like every week. This was guerrilla showcasing, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so there's a place called Don Hills, uh, and he and and Don Hill himself uh, used to own the Cat House back in the day, like okay. back in the 80s, like had like want uh, and whatever the fuck. Yeah. yeah. So we got in this club, and no, this wasn't actually David Ivory's thing. He didn't book us there. Um, we booked ourselves there because he had, we we had a show. He liked us, so he's like, "Hey, why don't you come up like every first Wednesday of the month?" What basically, I'm gonna like, we, we have won the club owner, won the club owner, and okay. then so what we do is that we rented a van, like a twenty passenger, whatever the fuck it was, van, and we would gather our super fans that were in Pennsylvania. Like, do you want to go to New York? We'll get you some booze. Yeah, like, fuck like it is. for this amount of money, you get to like you get, you get to drive to New York. We get to like hang in New York. We get you get like you know we, whatever. We would fill up. We would fill up. We would. Fill I love up, this idea. We would fill up bottles of Pepsi. We would empty them out halfway, fill it up with whiskey, so that it would be like road sodas, you know, and like just literally booze up our super fans. Which is so in. central Pennsylvania. Absolutely. <laughs> but like, so, that's what they so do we anyway. Go, we would go to this club 
and fill up the place with our Pennsylvania fans because we didn't have any fans in New York, right? So it was super gorilla. So everyone's like, man, it's like really consistent. Uh, we you, even you, had gorillas you, you in the van. <laughs> so gorilla. We actually had gorillas at the show. It was great. They offered three bananas. Was, they loved it. All right, we're, we're now turning this uh, rest of the podcast. The other more minutes we got is now every time you hear gorilla, you have to take a shot. wherever you're listening to this podcast make sure you're subscribed and leave us a five-star review if you want to listen to this show ad-free head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and become a premium member you'll get to enjoy unreleased clips from your favorite guests discounts on merchandise in our shop and access to our private discord server where you can chat one-on-one with johnny christ himself so stay tuned Stay thirsty and stay filthy as fuck. I'll add it in post. Yeah. New rules, everybody. New rules. Um, <laughs> but it was funny because, like, after a little while, it's like, you know, you keep doing that, you keep doing that. So it was part of our, our thing. Like, so we'd do shows in Pennsylvania. We would advertise that we're take a trip up to New York, do you want to go to New York, whatever. And so we would do this thing back and forth for fucking months. And so first, you know, the first thing that happened was there was this lawyer guy that came, uh, David Chidekel. Okay. Um, and he, he would come and he saw us and he's like, Hey man, like you guys are like doing your thing, whatever. And basically like we knew it's like, well, fake it till you make it. And we were getting a trickling of a following in that club, but it wasn't the amount, like, we literally covered our asses, you know, mm-hmm. with, with having a crowd that was coming in. So mm-hmm. eventually it was like, well, hey, I know a couple label people. So we, like, we literally, we we showcased for um, fucking yeah, Island Columbia. Def Jam, Columbia, yeah, yeah. Epic, uh, Hollywood Records. Uh, there, there was, like, a dozen others. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. and they were all like, hey, you guys are great. You're consistent but we don't actually know what to do with you because there's a girl in the band. That literally was a conversation. But it was actually- okay, wait a, wait a second. I got I to gotta pause that for just a second, though, because whose okay. idea is originally to do the Agrilla? Um. <laughs> and secondly, like after, after, you, after you've already decided to go through and down it, uh, like, it's a question, what are you going to do with a girl singer? I just, I, I, I find that like kind of like funny because, I mean, a lot of times, I mean, Different climate, I guess, but like that's that that's kind of a signature now, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, guess, I guess at the time, like Evanescence broke out, uh, Lacuna Coil was around, and then Flyleaf had like just come out, uh, kind of right before we did. So but we didn't it was understand. Still scarce, yeah, you know? we didn't understand why that was a thing. If we're actually like being because uh, th- some of these people would come to multiple showcases, they'd be like, "Okay, well, I know you're coming back." And so they would say the same thing. They'd be like, well, you're actually very consistent. Like, you can always sing. It's not, It's always a great show. Mm-hmm. But we don't know what to do with you, basically. You know? And and so... Also, we really didn't have any songs. We didn't really have hit songs. We didn't have the hit songs. You know? Yeah. And that's what everyone's looking for. We didn't, we didn't have the, the shiny... It like, shiny... was like, so what? We put on a killer show, man. Yeah. You know? So, uh... We were doing, like... Just, you know... We are doing, like... We were doing, like... Um, like a lot of our earlier stuff was like it was like taste my life, yeah. so it was like so Zeppelin E or I, I think we kind of got yeah. a, a little bit of a uh, not intentionally, but we kind of got a little bit of a development deal because okay. we 
fine, but it was still several years before our record came out. We yeah. just kept on sending them songs. Yeah, because I, I read somewhere that you guys, I read somewhere you guys were uh, writing and touring since like 97 or something like that. And then like, it, it, and it wasn't until 2009 that the first record, the debut came out. 2004, 2005, we were showcasing, um, you know, this one A&R guy at Atlantic, he loved us. He basically put his job on oh, the line. He absolutely his, his, his name is Lee Lust. He's an amazing dude. He's not there anymore, unfortunately, but uh, he was this could go so much one of the reasons that, that we got <laughs> signed. But both, yeah, him and so you're Don Hill. Just sent three bottles in. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, we got signed because of our live show. Like, yeah. they loved us as a band. Like, all right, well, we can't let you go. Like, well, let's sign you, uh, but keep sending us songs until we hear something we like. So, and, Lee yeah. had the idea of let's do a live EP, basically. We'll do a live EP with all the songs that we have. And, uh, and if you want to look it up, it's called One and Done. We only had five um, songs. It's all we had. No, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sarcasm. Oh, no. We, we narrowed it down to five, so it's <laughs> yeah. a five-song EP, and um, so, sorry, I, I digress, but like we, so we got signed in 05, mm -hmm. basically it was the same, Lee Lust was basically, he was coming over and over, and he's like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, did, did and, the live EP. And I will fall on a sword for this band, we ended up signing with, with Atlantic, um, Go Big or Go Home, uh, they signed us proper, there was no development deal, but it was kind of treated as such, whereas like, we did this, we did this live EP, mm -hmm. and went right out on the road. Yeah, they so, were like, okay, you don't really have the songs, but let's see how you do on tour. But let's see how you, do, see how you do on tour, right? Yeah, so okay. we went out on tour you know, from 005 through... 006, like we, we did a, um, yeah, a snow core with Shine Down and Cedar and Finally. 08 yeah, or yeah. something, and then finally got in the studio, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. They don't break. Um, and they're sponsoring this podcast. Okay, so, this, so I'm really hoping that was the empty one, right? It was the empty one. Okay. <laughs> the, the dildo went first. The dildo went first. Oh, okay. And then, now that's the bottle. We're giving you the long story yeah. here. So, no, no, that's what, it, hey, that's the, what this is about. I'm enjoying this. I don't, this is the kind of shit that I don't get to know. And that's like why this is just us fucking talking and having a good time. I'm loving it. Thank you guys again for being in on the show. about your process too we, after this. But anyway, we, yeah. we ended up selling um, 500 or something of those EPs. Okay, not 500,000. <laughs> on, on, on tour. We, we sold a lot. We, yeah. we hustled our asses off. Right. And did the whole thing and um, finally they started putting the scans. The, the barcodes on the barcodes it. Yeah, yeah. Because at first there was no barcode. So we told us, we, we, sorry, we sold a ton of those CDs and they yeah. were like, okay, well there's something. So that kind of saved us from the chalky, chopping block. Yeah. So we went out to LA, yep. you know, in, in 07 to spent, write. Spent to, to write and like. And that, and that turned for a month and that turned into two years. You yep, know? That yeah, that turned into two years. Our A&R guy got fired. Um, uh, our first all producer of our dropped peers, out. You know, oh, yeah, our yeah. first producer, uh, first and second producer dropped yeah. out. And then, um, so like the whole, and we lived well, through. Also, a, there uh, was a fire. Yeah. And then a mudslide, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then like three earthquakes. Yes, yes. What the, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Let's back that up. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Okay, we we're talking about music, and now you're talking about natural fucking disasters. We're at the Oakwoods. You know the Oakwoods. I know the Oakwoods in LA. Okay. Right there. The Ernest over in Burbank. Yeah, so yeah. when Burbank. we were about to make our first record, and uh, we hauled up in the Oakwoods, we were only supposed to be there a month to kind of meet with some producers and maybe do some writing and like whatever. 
and uh, we we ended up that ended up being 19 months total from that moment to the time that our album got our first album got mixed, and that was because two producers dropped out, our A and R guy got fired, all of our peers were getting dropped. This was like that year where like there was like 800 people. Yeah, this, this was 2005, so it was yeah. like kind of that transition where a lot of record labels were really freaking out. Um, no, you know, a uh, guy hands. We didn't, we didn't go fired. to the Oakwoods till 2007. Oh uh, yeah, 2007. Yeah, so this was like yeah, 05 through like 09 ish, where it was like that kind of like really shaky time in the music business where everybody was freaking out, bands were getting dropped, people were getting laid off. It, it was a scary time. So yeah, yeah. it was it was right around then when 360 deals started coming into play, which is which okay. We signed we'll the worst you, of that, but we're gonna worst. take everything. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, well, do that or don't get signed. So I guess you're taking everything. So yeah. we signed it. You know, they were actually appreciative that we signed it, so they were like, "Okay, well, you know, we'll we'll, we'll go easy on it, you know." And uh, which we wait, yeah. they they were appreciative for a reason. Let's let's, let's be real. <laughs> but but for all you new yeah. bands out there, they're they're like trying don't to get signed or whatever. Like, no, no, don't don't not do it. I'm just saying, prepare to be broke for a long time. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> actually, it, it's funny. Actually, for for any new bands that are actually going through that. Don't let a label sign it to a 360 because it's actually not null and void now. Oh yeah, yeah. like there's nothing. They're they're, they're making money, streaming, yeah. literally making ten. We're making pennies on streaming compared to yeah. what they're yeah. making. Exactly. Um. So so yeah. So so long story short, right? So, little, so it has gotten long. better. Um, for some bands, so we, we were going through these ups and downs, ups and downs, Monday to Friday, uh, you know, like, are we, are we signed? Are, like, are we getting dropped? I don't know. And we're making this record and, um, and we would go down to the corner store at the Oakwoods and buy this, like the cheapest, but we were buying like our produce from the dollar store. We were so fucking. Oh, poor. the 99 cent store. The 99 sure cent store. Well, yeah, I, right I know it very well. Oh, we were there every uh, and, uh, week. <laughs> and we'd go down this corner store, there would be like five, there was always like a special, like there's like a $5 bottle of champagne or something like that. So we get champagne, every time something fucking weird happened, we're like, all right, guys, cheers. Cheers to us. We're doing it. And we're going home. Probably going to get dropped or probably going to be stuck back in Pennsylvania. Even if we got to play the tourist in in Hellam, Pennsylvania, which some of you guys have probably been there, don't have the Bloody Mary, it tastes like ketchup. Um, uh, you know, fuck it. We did it. And I think there they we use are. ketchup. It's you just know? vodka and ketchup. And it just kept That's going. That's the Bloody Mary. It just, it just kept going, and we kept, like, kind it's of surviving. the surviving. hot dog of Bloody Mary's. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ketchup, vodka, and a hot dog. Oh, That's... Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm curious about how... So, you... Where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Ohio, where your dad is now? No, or? no, no. My dad moved out there. I, I grew up here in Huntington Beach. I moved to ah. Westminster for, like, a second... Uh, which is literally like it's basically saying it's it's the outskirts of Huntington Beach. It's the same fucking thing. It's yeah. Uh, and then I moved back, and now the 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 four of us now all live like within walking distance of each other, right here in downtown Huntington Beach. Oh, that's awesome! Man. That's so cool. Yeah, it's, but, it's great. But you guys got signed out of out of L.A., right? Like, were you guys showcasing in L.A.? Is it kind of a similar story for you guys? Or? Uh, we weren't showcasing uh, per se, not like that. We were uh, we were on the two thousand three Warp Tour, and oh. a lot of bands were. Uh, I'm sorry, a lot of labels were coming out with their A and R agents, checking out, and like got the buzz. Actually, we have a similar story, and the one guy that was super into us, brought everyone else in, was, uh, was uh, Andy Oliphant, who's still a very good, good and dear friend to us. 
And uh, he's no longer with the label, everything like that. But he was the original guy that brought us to Craig Aronson and Tom Wally over at Warner. They, yeah. that Tom Wally was running Warner. Aronson was uh, a big A&R agent that had just uh, blown up with the used at the time. And, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah it, among a bunch of other things, obviously. Talk about stars aligning. That's uh, that's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, it, talk about Talk about the Warped Tour. How'd you guys survive that? <laughs> well, you know, from being Southern California, like our, our influences and stuff, we, we had gone to a lot of these Warped Tours. We were huge into the punk scene, like well, the Southern California punk scene at the very least. So we were out there as kids. I think every single one of us had our own individual garage punk band where we'd play like house shows and stuff with before we all came together. Um, and... Being on Warp Tour was fucking fantastic. We're super sad that it doesn't exist anymore, to be honest, because yeah. a lot of people aren't going to get that experience. I mean, talk about camaraderie around tour, and it, you're absolutely right. It, it, it exists today in rock, but there, you, after a show, after everyone's like pulling their shit away and helping each other out, everyone's most, ba- I'd say on a lot of tours now, you look and uh, there is a bit of a, a level of like, these guys are in bands. They're in vans and these guys are in buses. 90% of the people are in vans anyway. So everyone's on a level playing field out there. And the camaraderie after the show is something that I haven't seen matched. Like we try and bring it out when we're on festivals and stuff. I don't know if you guys remember, like I'll still try and do like a cookout every once in a while and like invite the younger bands and stuff. Yes. Oh, you, you're the king of cookouts for sure. I've, I've been to a couple of those. So that's <laughs> like, like that, that's like the, that was uh, an idea adopted from, the Vans warp Tours that we did before. There was always a, a band that would cook for everybody at the end of the night. Everyone would just be hanging out. You'd be hanging out with, like, for us, some of our, like, all-time heroes in Rancid and No Effects and Pennywise and the Vandals. Awesome. I mean, nice. this was something that, like, it, it, that, so that was, like, a whole, whole thing. And, yes, we're already excited to be on this tour, no, nonetheless, but we're starting to get this notoriety because, like you said, you start off the show a cappella. You do things to be seen differently when you're out with these other people. Stand out, yeah. I mean, uh, warp tour. I mean, I, I can only imagine that well, we, we've never done so, a warp tour, but I can only imagine the camaraderie is so strong because, because you know, not only is it survival by your is a career survival, yeah. it's just straight up survival mm-hmm. on warp. Like, it's your, your goal is to right? stay alive and healthy, you yeah, know. The schedule is strange, because right? it's, so it's like, very strange. Yeah, it's, it's, it's band boot camp, right? On, on Absolutely. Warped tour. So, everyone, I, 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 I dropped out of high school, I never went to college. Warp Tour was my college. And uh, high school too. You did? <laughs> yeah. What what yeah. year did you drop out? I, I ended uh, up getting uh, my GED to graduate. I, I, I never GED finished my last year. Yeah. I never finished. I'm this yeah, that's so funny, RJ. I have the same story. I dropped out to join this band. They had already been a band for about two, three years before I joined. And they needed a replacement. And I was like, I can do the job, I think. And next thing I knew, I was touring with these guys. Hell yeah. <laughs> Everyone stay in school, but if you have a really cool idea, <laughs> there's, there's hope for you dropouts out there. Yeah, but I, I'll, I'll tell you what, though. I, I think that's what I've always <laughs> loved about you guys is that I can really, really hear the punk roots. Yeah. With you guys, you guys like there's a lot of like I mean you guys are it's that raw you, thing. You guys yeah. have always been like super tight, super clean with the way you play, but you guys have that that punk energy that I think a lot of ba- a lot of metal bands probably lack. You know? hmm. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, it, it just comes from our influences. I mean, like I said, that's that's where it came from. Is 
and again, as you guys were, I, I feel like this is the compliment show now, but like when you're giving compliments before, <laughs> uh, it was, it was like, no, it's very flattering. I appreciate uh, it. It's, it's the mutual respect show. Yeah, that's it. what it is. Okay. <laughs> and there is absolute mutual respect. I, I have to say, I've loved every moment of you guys' career, uh, to, to this day. And I can't wait to hear what's coming out next. We're, we're, we're still, we're all still evolving, and like as you know, you just got to keep that those eyes forward. So yeah, yeah, it's super cool. That wasn't my segue out or anything. I just wanted to say that. Thank you for having us on your show, man. Cheers, yeah, man. Cheers. Thank cheers again. Thank you so much. Um, can you guys give a little shout out to yourselves? I know that that always feels awkward, but where are you individually? Where is Hailstorm together? Where can everyone find a little bit more of you? Well, honestly, if you Google H-A-L-E Storm, you can find us anywhere, but it's it's HailstormRocks.com. I'm official Lizzie Hale on on. Instagram, you're and I'm I'm at A R E J A Y H A L E. Let's go, R J Hale on Twitter, Instagram, and everything and TikTok. I also have a TikTok. Yes, you're my first. You're my first guest with a TikTok. I love it. We're so proud. Oh, I hope you're ready to laugh. He's the first guy in our band that has actually engaged. You know what? You know what I really loved was Vine. I loved Vine when it came out. Yeah. And I was so sad when Vine went away. So this is like the next generation of Vine. That's what yeah. it is. I'm glad you gave me that analogy. I've been asking a lot of people what the fuck it is. And you gave me the analogy. And I'm, and I'm 35 years old and I still don't know what the fuck that is. I know. Because I went on there and I'm just like, oh, my God. Uh, it's I'm fun, not in man. School <laughs> yeah, yeah, I it's, heard it's fun. But you're a it's, you know, it's, it's not. But, but, but I, 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 I stand by my thing. You can judge me. You can hate me for it. But I think Vine was better because it was only six seconds long. It was, the ultimate, it was the ultimate ADD kids like entertainment because like in six seconds, if you can't like come up with a brilliant punchline, then you're on to the next one. Doesn't matter. This is like a 15 second thing. And it's, it's still good. And it's still funny, and it's still got a lot of cool tricks to it. But it, it's it's no Vine, but I've I've accepted it, and I've been having fun with it. <laughs> How long is a TikTok now? Tell me that. It's like fifteen seconds uh, to thirty Too seconds. Long. But you can find the. <laughs> you can That's upload, what she said. You can upload your own edited videos. I think up to like maybe thirty something. Yeah, sure. How long is too long? Really? <laughs> no, that, that'll, that'll be uh, episode three when I have you guys on again. We'll talk about how long is too long with Hailstorm. <laughs> you hear that? There is a too no. long. Thanks again for being on the show. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Drinks with Johnny. And we will catch you next time. <laughs> Love oh, you, John. Love you. Drinks getting drunk with Johnny. <laughs> a great way to spend a Wednesday night. And that'll just about do it for this week's episode of Drinks with Johnny. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. And as a reminder, head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and sign up for the newsletter to be the first to hear the bonus material from this episode. Uh, I haven't seen RJ or Lizzie in a long time, so the conversation just kept going. And instead of giving you a three-hour episode, we decided to parcel it out a little bit and give you... Uh, a bonus material we're going to call that the hangover um, and that's going to be released with the thirsty thursday newsletter that's a newsletter that i put out for all those who subscribe to drinkswithjohnny.com so if you haven't already head over there 
Also head over to Drinks With Johnny on YouTube and hit the subscribe button and the bell notification so that you never miss anything Drinks With Johnny. Uh, you could find Lizzie and RJ uh, on social medias at uh, uh, Hailstorm Official. Uh, you know, it, it's it's pretty easy to find them, anyways. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks again for checking out the podcast, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the one-hit thunder or were nothing more than a one-hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.